Hey, everybody, and welcome to the Conquering Columbus podcast. I am one of your co-hosts, Mike. If you're listening to the show, then uh, hopefully you've heard of us before. But if not, Conquering Columbus is a podcast that focuses on some of the uh, the leaders here in our great city of Columbus, Ohio, and we tell their stories, whether that's uh, someone working with a startup and founding a, uh, a great company or somebody might, who might have been working at a company for a long time and is uh, helping lead growth in that area. And just flying solo today. Typically, we've got Josh and Tim on the show with us, but uh, this was another interview where not everybody could make it. So uh, it's just me. That means that uh, you get to listen to my voice more. So uh, hopefully you enjoy it. But we're going to be talking with Chris Osmond today. And Chris is the founder, co-founder of Studium. And Studium is a student engagement platform. It is focused on selling into universities and uh, colleges that want to help engage their students more. And Chris actually formed the idea from his own experience, right? He had a lot of people in his classes that, you know, he didn't know and wasn't sure who to engage with on projects, that sort of thing. So uh, kind of scratched his own itch there. And, uh, you know, I think that we'll definitely enjoy this episode. It's going to make for a great interview. I hope you learn a lot. We'll be right back. This is Conquering Columbus. Hey there, Conquerors. Today on the show, Jenny Brittenbauer of Jenny's Splendid Ice Creams. I'm truly never comfortable. When I'm comfortable, I'm bored. I just have to keep going. Only when you're a little bit scared are you in a place where you're about to learn something. We're explorers, and explorers are making discoveries because they are going places where people haven't before. Urban Meyer. There's one guarantee in this world, and that's hard work will be rewarded. And hard work, you have to embrace discomfort. I love how you said that, live uncomfortably. Donato's Jane Abel. We have a umbrella idea of agape capitalism, which is about doing business and doing it with love and giving back to the community. And I believe in our products, but more importantly, I believe in our people. Pelotonia CEO, Doug Olman. There's this genuine pride for things that were born and raised in Columbus. And that's awesome. At the same time, there's this beautiful Midwest humility. People don't necessarily care about who gets credit. Cameron Mitchell of Cameron Mitchell Restaurants. One of our goals is to be better today than we were yesterday and better tomorrow than we are today, and that goal stays the same 24-7, 365. This is Conquering Columbus. Hey there, Conquerors. This is Mike here, and I am flying solo today. Josh and Tim ended up having some path robotics work they had to take care of, but uh, really excited. We've got a special guest on the show with us, Chris Osmond, and Chris is the president and founder of Studium, a student engagement and retention company based right here in Columbus. Chris founded Studium while he was a student at Ohio State two years ago, and today they are currently raising a seed round with a goal of $1 million, and their growth has really picked up over the past year or two. And uh, we're excited to talk with Chris about Studium's experience early on in the startup process. Welcome to Conquering Columbus, Chris. Appreciate you guys having me. Yeah, and this is the second time. I will admit a mistake when it happens. I believe something happened to the recording data. And so it's great to have you back. And I think, you know, this. what's funny is we've done second interviews in the past. This has happened before where, you know, data gets corrupted, something bad happens, you got to redo an interview. But they're they're always fun the second time around because I think you can kind of change it up and go a little bit more with the flow. But how's things going? Everything's going well, man. We're yeah. just, we're trying to manage with everything that's going on right now, but uh, it's opened up a lot of opportunities for us, kind of changed how we're approaching things. All in all, it's been a very productive six, seven months for us. I'd imagine. I mean, with with schools, so we sell the schools, we sell the K-12 schools though. You guys sell more to colleges and universities, right? Yeah, it, but that's actually one of the things that we've kind of, there's 
there's been two uh, Greek life um, mm-hmm. and then K through 12 are these verticals that we've kind of they've opened up to us um, just through conversations. And everybody's kind of dealing with the same thing right now, a lack of community, lack of, of culture and engagement. Um, they're just trying to figure out how to manage and we're being seen as a solution for that. You know, one of the things we run into is that people aren't sure if their students are, are coming back. Mm-hmm. Now, for you guys, is that so I guess I don't want to say it's a good thing, but is it help your product or is it something that's affecting sales? Like, hey, we don't really want to do anything right now without knowing if our students are coming back. Yeah, it, it all depends on the institution. Um, we have institutions who if, if we reach out, we try to have a conversation about purchasing software. They're appalled. They can't believe that that we're trying to Man, push I a product. I can't believe you try and do your job. Yeah. <laughs> it's uh, we've had we've had some uh, interesting Zoom calls, interesting yep. uh, backlash, but it really depends on the institution. It's it's we see some people who are weren't really focused on it prior to this. And now they're like, we need some sort of engagement solution. We need something to reconnect kids. And other people we're in conversation with who we thought we would be get uh, begin a deal done, be live with them this fall semester. We've just completely shut conversation down. Yeah. Well, you know what? Let's take a step back because let's go back to the heart of the matter. So talk to a little bit about the founding of Studium and how, you know, where this idea came from and what it is for those of us who don't know. So uh, Studium today, we like to say we're student networking application um, kind of at its core. Um, That's really where we began with more of a niche focus, focused on connecting kids within the classroom for collaborative study opportunities, organizing group projects, things along that line. But we've kind of always been true to that student network concept. Um, That's really been the base of our product as as we've grown. We've really just evolve what sort of what sort of elements of the college experience we kind of tap into now. So focusing more on the student network rather than just collaborative studies or, or, um, or organization, it's more about helping kids connect with one another, the opportunities on campus um, to get involved with organizations, events, really just making the most of your college experience outside of the classroom. And that's the student side of it. There's an analytic side to it, a management side of it that, that the university comes into, but um, that's not necessarily the most fun part to talk about. Right, right. So it's almost like a social network for students. Yeah. Of it's, that specific university, like focused for that. Yeah, exclusive, uh, exclusive to that campus. Uh, it's a... It's an area where students know information uh, regarding campus, um, information regarding one another. Um, the kids that they're sitting right next to in class, um, they can go find that kid. They can connect with them. They can start a conversation start to build a relationship. We just saw so much segmentation with how kids were kind of keeping up with campus and each other. And it was all things that were relevant to the university. They were just using these private channels to do so, like Instagram, Facebook, and, and all the others. Right. Okay. And you were a student actually when you had the idea, right? So this is this came up when you were at Ohio State. Yep. Did it come up from your own frustrations or? Yeah, I've always considered myself to be outgoing person, like to talk to people, make new friends, and I was still the kid that was sitting in the library with nobody to study. And I would look around and everybody kind of looked familiar. Like I knew who was in my class. I knew who was in my lecture. Um, and I knew most of these kids had the same exams coming up as I did. I just didn't feel comfortable walking up and interrupting their study session to ask if we could sit down and go through some math problems together. So it, it really started out of my own frustrations um, and just starting to recognize that even though we're all sitting in these lecture halls of up to a thousand plus kids at times, um, most kids don't know one another. Uh, they don't feel comfortable enough to go up and strike up that conversation. So initially it was really kind of just breaking down barriers to, to that initial engagement. JME Hospitality, your hospitality design partner. 
JME Hospitality works with food service facility owners, operators, and development pros to improve the overall efficiency of customer experience and the profitability of customer operations. JME has been consulting in the hospitality operations space for over 45 years, providing solutions for schools and universities, healthcare institutions, hotels, resorts, and more. They also have extensive experience working within the design, construction, and manufacturing sectors. JME specializes in helping with a variety of different problems, including the COVID effect, redesigning the customer experience to protect their clients and the public during the pandemic. JME is passionate about serving the community you live in. They're doing this by supporting cancer research as well as youth outreach. And JME is offering a free consultation to all Conquering Columbus listeners. Just visit jmehospitality.com. That's jmehospitality.com. And mention the Conquering Columbus podcast to receive your free consultation. So you get the idea, right? Now, tons of people have ideas all the time, but not everybody acts on them. So where'd you start? What do you do? Okay, now I have this thing. What, What do you do with it? So I, I, I'm the idea guy too. Like I have a lot of ideas and that's kind of what pushed me to start this is I felt like I had a lot of ideas, but it was no different than anybody else who has great ideas and never pursues them. So spring of my junior year, kind of wrapping up my junior semester, I told myself that I wanted to pursue one of these ideas as a summer project that I had. Um, and I had about four or five things that I felt were somewhat viable, um, something that I could at least run after for a couple of months um, and see if they were worth pursuing. But being a college student, this thing that revolved around connecting college students kind of stood out to me. I felt like I could utilize the network that I had amongst administration at Ohio State. So that was kind of the the jumping point for me. From a summer project to raising a million dollars in a round of seed funding. (laughs) It's taken, you said two years, we're going on three years now. So years. it's it's definitely taken a while to get here. And the product that we just released for the first time and we're having good traction with, we, uh, we've we built that three times now. This is the third time and uh, didn't go too well the first two times, but hmm. very happy with the product that we just released and uh, our users are as well. So Yeah, well, you know, you sometimes you turn the car on, the wheels fall off, you just got to put them back on a little tighter. <laughs> so you have this idea and you, you know, you turn it into a six month summer project. But did you develop the code yourself? Like, how do you actually go about building it? Do you bring someone else in? What did that look like? So um, similar time, uh, lucky enough to have a friend, now my partner in this venture, Nafis Azad, who started building websites, um, more so focused on design upfront, but then got into the development side of it. Websites turned into mobile applications and him doing that independently turned into a company that he started to scale out and became somewhat reputable in the Midwest at a pretty young age. So when I had the idea that I wanted to go pursue this, he was the first person that I talked to. And it was really just a sitting down, um, having him poke holes in, in kind of my concept and refining back to something that we considered a minimum viable product or an MVP that, that we could go launch for that collaborative study application. But when it came to design, came to development, um, Nafis and his firm at the time, Ghost Lab, kind of took all of that on, um, now Waker. So, and before you start developing and designing it, did you put any feelers out there like, hey, Anybody interested in this if we did build it? Or did you believe in the idea enough that you were like, hey, let's build an iteration, let's build an MVP and then try and sell it? Yeah, so the first time we just, we shot from the hip. And that was certainly a learning process. Um, you you quickly recognize that even if like the, the concept itself, the idea of connecting kids, 
the the overall experience and kind of the granularities of what that product is, you can't build that from one person's experience. Um, so no, we uh, we built an application for ourselves, and it worked in some ways. It didn't in others, but that was certainly a, a learning process for us and something that before we go do anything right now, we're sitting, uh, we're having focus groups, we're running surveys, trying to have as many conversations as we possibly can. So rather than us making uh, making decisions for the end user, it's the end user telling us more or less what they want, and we can de- uh, develop an experience around that. Okay. And did you start with Ohio State then for that experience? So with the collaborative study app, yeah, we actually, uh, we've just released the first version of this truly community application for campuses. Um, that was just released at Penn State last week. Penn State. Okay. How did, how did that relationship develop? So uh, we actually, and this is kind of getting more into uh, the business side of things, but as we're going out and raising money right now, one of the things we're focused on is just kind of finalizing our, our go-to-market strategy, our customer acquisition strategy. Um, and, and we've got two different things that we're working on right now. One is partnered. Um, we've closed our first university, Bethel University in Minneapolis. Um, so administration is taking the product. They're pushing it from the top down. They're bringing just about every single department into the product, which is really cool. With Penn State, um, Penn State is one of five independent pilots that we're going to run. Um, it's Penn State, Wisconsin, Miami University, Ohio State, and Michigan. And these independent pilots are really to see if we can go to the student population. Can we build that user base in the process, collect data as well, and then t- take that to the administration, have a bit more leverage in that conversation. Yeah, it's always tough to getting that first partnered sale, right? Like that first sale is is one of the hardest. You got to find the right people at the right place at the right time who are willing to to look at a product that's untested and say, yeah, let's try it. Yeah. So you said that that launch at Penn State was going well at the start. How yeah. what, what is what does that look like? So uh, right now, just focused on, uh, given we're independent, don't have any university affiliation, it's left up to us to do everything and drive that traffic. So right now we're just trying as many different marketing tactics as we can, really throwing paint at the wall and seeing what sticks. Um, In our first week, we did 200 users. Um, We're starting to see organizations organically join. They're bringing their membership over. Um, We're starting to see kids who are posting on our social feed minor engagements with those posts, one comment, a couple likes, but it's organic. Um, and it shows us that there's there's something there. Um, really what we're looking for is to get to some threshold. Part of what we're doing is trying to figure out what that threshold is, but some threshold of a user base where we consider kind of a network effect to take over. So it's a bit more brute force upfront, getting students on the product, um, getting them to use it and engage one another. Um, but we're hoping once we get that to a certain point that they kind of just take it and make it their own. Are Penn State students back at school? Uh, some are coming back, some are not. It's really interesting. It's got like what we're seeing amongst, uh, especially college students, it's um, you don't really know what you have until it's gone. Um, so you've got kids who they used to skip their lectures all the time. Now all they can dream about is getting back into an in-person lecture and being on campus. So uh, we're even seeing a lot of kids who are, hundred percent online, all of their courses, um, who are still going back to campus. They're hoping that they can go to a cookout hang out with some friends or something going on on campus. Kids are really deprived of community right now. Um, and I think everybody's kind of recognizing how important that campus community has been to them. We're going to take a quick break here to thank one of our sponsors, the Burlett Family Foundation. The Burlett Family Foundation is committed to serving as a trusted partner and resource to organizations striving to improve our community here in Columbus. All right, let's get back to the episode. So talking about the future there and the side of the sales side of things, right? Like as you continue to grow, how important is that as part of your goals for funding raise? 
So we're in conversation with five, five other universities in addition to closing Bethel. Um, we've got a short timeline right now. We're hoping that we can get one or two more of these guys closed before the, the beginning of the fall semester. But we're in a good position with Bethel for a couple of different reasons. Going through uh, compliancy with a university of any size is a really difficult process. So from a, uh, from a business development standpoint or going and selling to other universities, we've kind of got this thing that we can point to where we've passed compliance and hopefully they're happy with the product. Um, from an investment standpoint, it shows that universities want what we have to offer. Um, they're willing to adopt it. They're willing to market it. And we're hoping that we can get a couple more of these guys before we actually go out for that fundraise. So hopefully we can get a better valuation. Yeah, absolutely. And for for the, the raise, the seed round, you know, are there particular firms you're targeting? Are you looking for angel investors? Kind of what does that process look like for you? Yeah. So given we work in higher education, um, we're kind of going more after institutional funds. Um, the reason for is we certainly need cash. We we are cash strapped, but at the same time, we want to take cash from from the right people. And and we're hoping that if things go well, uh, we can go out and raise that, that fund. And it's more so looking at what sort of network do these people have? What sort of resources can they provide? What do they focus on or what's their experience in? Um, so kind of looking at a lot of people can write checks, but but who's the right fit for us and what we're trying to accomplish? Totally makes sense. Uh, you know, connections are important. And here at FMX, we work with a, with a firm. And so interestingly enough, they've got a community application that they use to connect like sales leaders mm-hmm. with the other firms. And having that network is super useful. Being able to bounce ideas off people and hear what they're doing and 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 learn from them, uh, you know, why make someone else's mistakes? You know, if you can learn from someone else's mistakes, might as well take it. Mm-hmm. So how's the team changed over the past couple of years, you know, with uh, starting out with yourself and the piece and what does it look like today? Uh, so we, we've, we've had some, some spikes, we've had some drops. Um, I mentioned that we've built that product twice now. The first two uh, times that we, we built the product, it was with the same engineering team and kind of ran into some hiccups the first time. Second time didn't go all that well and we got rid of everybody and we brought a whole new engineering team in. So that's the biggest change. We went from some more junior level engineers um, and a jun- junior level lead engineer that weren't really capable of, of developing the complexities of our student product to a, a much more senior level team that we we didn't have the bandwidth we wanted to. Um, it took a little bit longer than we expected to build the product, but it's, we've also got a, a very stable product that we don't have too many bugs out there um, with the application. So we think that was the right choice. So big, big change on the development side. Um, from a business development marketing standpoint, we went from having about six, seven people on the team uh, to three now. So really whittled down there. And it's just, we had a lot of people that were uh, supporting, but weren't necessarily um People go out and take initiative um, that we could rely on to kind of get the job done every single day without holding their hand. So refined down to the people who we see providing a lot of value and growing with us. And it's been a lot easier having a smaller team. Me being a young founder, you don't really realize up front how, how time-consuming management is. So it's been, a, it's been a good change for us. That might be an understatement. Yes. Uh, management, it can be, you never realize how much like you look at a manager and sometimes you think, man, that guy, like, why is he so busy all the time? Like, what can he be doing all day? But until you're a manager yourself, it's, you have to experience it to understand what the heck's going on. It's like a web and you're just at the center of it. Right. And every, <laughs> every one of the strings is buzzing going, Hey, come on, I need something over here. That being said, so what are some of the current issues you guys are working on outside of the, the Penn State program? 
So Penn State just launched um, over the next couple of weeks through the end of this month. We're going to be launching those other four universities um, focused on these other five universities that we have in, have in conversation and trying to get one, one, two more partner pilots locked down. Outside of that, it's just making sure that the these fall pilots go well for us, that we're making changes to the platform per kind of our, our users' wants and needs. And again, that fundraise, we got to get some money in the bank because things are going well for us right now. We're happy with the direction of it, but we need cash or it's not going to last much longer. So we got a lot of a lot of things to focus on through the end of the year. Hey there, Conquerors. We want to take a quick moment to talk about one of our sponsors, Studio 301. Kyle and his team have helped us redesign our website, taking the podcast in a new direction that we truly love. And we have some incredible guests here on the show. And Studio 301 has given us a website that reflects the caliber of the people that join us. And the Studio 301 team can help you with everything from brand strategy and redesigns to market research, videography, social media overhauls, and a whole lot more. You can go check them out at studio301.org. That's studio301.org. Have you thought about long-term exit strategy at this point? Or are you thinking, hey, I just want to take this as far as it'll take me? Yeah, we've got, like, our goal is to become the life cycle company of higher education. And that's taking the student from high school helping them find the right college, facilitating the visit, facilitating enrollment, orientation, student life through advising, recruitment, and alumni engagement. So it's we've got a we've got a really long-term vision for the company. I don't think too much about acquisition or anything like that. We're kind of just head down blinders on right now trying to get to that next milestone. Interesting. I mean that, that's a big that's a big undertaking. Yeah. Do you have a, a plan mapped out for that? Or are you thinking, hey, let's focus this year, next year we'll build a plan and like a timeline for when you'd want to get to that point? Yeah. So it kind of actually, as I'm, I'm speaking about this, that Connect product, what we've built for students is, is more or less something that we can manipulate for various phases of, of that student life cycle. So for us to go out and roll out a campus visitor application, it's various components of an application that we've already built. And obviously there's changes to be made there, but it's not building a bunch of different product from the ground up. So we're looking at kind of that life cycle that I just laid out. We're looking at accomplishing that in the next five to six years. And we've got a pretty good pretty good roadmap as to when we're going to be stepping into these things, but we'll see how close we stick to that. So is that funding that you're raising mostly going towards development or are there other plans for that? Development, bid on marketing, sales front, Higher education is uh, an interesting place to work, and especially being young, sometimes kind of people just turn turn away. Um, so we would really love to bring somebody in on the sales front that's had experience, be it at the administrative level um, or from a sales standpoint within higher education, and maybe has a couple of gray hairs and can can help us navigate. Yeah, no, yeah. it's always good to bring some people in with some experience. Yeah. So. What about you personally, Chris? What do you What are you thinking of? And you know what What do you see yourself doing in the next few years? Did you Did you graduate from college, or did you drop out and pursue this? Yeah, so uh, I dropped out my fourth year. I think I've got thirty one credit. Missed it by that much. <laughs> I, I think I've got thirty one credit hours left, and I would love to go back and get that. My My dad would really love for me to go back and get that, but. Personally, just I, I'm having so much fun with this, and I'm learning so much. Um, if this crash and burn tomorrow, the education that I take away from this is is priceless. So, yeah, I'm kind of same thing. Just just 
head down, blinders on, focused on that next milestone. We've got a great team around us. We've got a lot of people who are taking interest in what we're doing. I get to speak to some some really valuable people, people that I didn't really ever dream of getting to have conversations with at a young age. So they help me make uh, help me make decisions and avoid a lot of the mistakes that I would certainly make if I didn't get to have those conversations. So I'm just having fun right now and enjoying it. Seems like a good plan. Our sponsor is Waveform Music Group. Andy and Carlin have been working with us to take the production of Conquering Columbus to the next level, and Josh and I cannot be happier with the results. Outside of podcast production, Andy and Carlin are experts in songwriting, music production, and sonic branding for companies of all sizes. And to learn more about them, head to their website, createwaveforms.com. That is createwaveforms.com, and tell them Conquering Columbus sent you. Chris, you know, we got a lot of listeners out there. They are young professionals. Some of them have entrepreneurial aspirations. Some of them, you know, are entrepreneurs, but knowing that kind of audience, would you have any advice for them? Especially maybe the people that are thinking about doing it since you're kind of right in the thick of, you know, your first few years. Yeah. If you're thinking about doing it, get something down on paper, create something that's tangible. I struggled for a long time, just having a bunch of thoughts and you can't really, uh, can't organize those thoughts when they're in your head. So First step is just getting something down on paper and all of, the, all of a sudden it's real and you can organize and you can start to build on it and you can refine it. But if you've got something that you keep thinking about, can't stop thinking about it, take the leap. There's there's no real harm in it. You're going to learn something and hopefully it works out for you and you become a great success. Yeah. Good advice. Good advice. Well, anything else on your mind that you want to talk about with regards to studio before we pivot towards our last question of the show? No, we, we certainly hope uh, everybody's staying safe and healthy. And for all those kids out there, high school, college, middle school, doesn't really matter. We know that uh, it's, a, it's a weird point in time right now. There's a lot of people who are really disappointed, either missing graduation or missing out on, on that true first year experience. But we're hoping that, that we see this thing pass soon. We're able to get kids back on campus, back in class and get things back to normal. Absolutely. Well, Chris, last question of the show centered around the theme here on Conquering Columbus, and that is live uncomfortably. Yeah. And without telling you too much about why we chose that particular phrase for a uh, for a show about entrepreneurs and business owners, what do you think of when you hear it? How does it apply to your life and uh, your career so far? Uh, it, it more or less just encompasses everything that, that being an entrepreneur is. I wake up every day and I'm more or less scared to death of half the things that we're trying to accomplish, but it also gets me, gets me really excited. So if you're going to go after something, people are going to tell you it's crazy. That's going to make you uncomfortable. You're going to go try to do it. You're going to mess up. That's going to make you uncomfortable. It's part of it, but it gets a little bit easier every day. And I think the more uncomfortable you are, honestly, the more progress you're making. Well, Chris, I've had a lot of fun talking with you. Thanks so much for coming in to talk about your story and the story of student. We really appreciate it. Likewise, man. I appreciate you guys. Yeah. And uh, Conquerors, thanks so much for tuning in. Hope you guys enjoyed that episode. If you want to learn more about Studium, go check them out. Website? Yeah. So website, joinstudium.com and then all social at joinstudium. All right, Conquerors. We'll talk to you next week. Thanks.